0: We'll mm-hmm. Seems to have drifted off topic somewhat. But, hey, we're having a good time and we'll continue our
1: discussion now. That goes into where I was talking about resilience. I mean, yes, how do you develop resilience if you're not used to having a, some small failures? I mean, resilience can be taught in a whole lot of ways. Like my son just recently, his team was unbeaten until they hit the final and then they lost in the final in a very close game. And I remember talking to him in the car and I said, you can be really proud of your year. They just got it over you today. Like, this is the team that they just beat when they played in the ordinary round, so I knew they were mega close. And he said, well, you know, he didn't enjoy the fact that he lost. And I said, yeah, but is it this a reflection on you? I mean, will you come back next season and give it a go? And he goes, oh, yeah. So I could already see him organising in his head like there's a bit of a sting to it, but I can learn from it, not take it too personally. Yeah. And sometimes I actually. I like that
2: point, Sid. You brought that up before. Actually, I was going to chime in. But um, the the fact that you have a failure, it can Mm. actually be a good thing. It's not always a bad Mm. thing. And how many times do you learn from mistakes you've made and you're damn sure you're never going to make that mistake again and look on the sporting Mm. field? Uh, there's a saying, you can't win one unless you lose one first. So social
1: sport is such a great antidote to serious life because, I mean, unless you're being paid the big bucks, but if you're doing sport and just with mates, if you lose, you lose. But you'll just pick up, okay, maybe I just had a better opponent. Maybe there's something that I need to improve. Maybe I could have had a better night's sleep before I went in there. You know, or Maybe I was just playing a... for fun. Yeah, but you can reflect on it in such a way where it's not having serious consequences, but there are some things that you can learn from there, and particularly kids can learn from there that can translate into life. Uh, Another issue that I'm seeing is, and I know exactly where it comes from, is uh, children by nature not great with their attention span anyway. But when you introduce something where they can get instant gratification, like some of the computer games it tends to almost become slightly addictive, this instant gratification, instant gratification. Slightly addictive? Yes. Oh God. They're mega addictive. And sometimes you can tell by their behaviours when it's not working or the internet's down. So I'm looking at like, okay, if their attention span's not great to begin with, to be able to learn, you've got to be able to pay attention and not have it diverted in about 10 seconds i got to admit that is part of the reason I was getting my youngest son involved in martial arts because martial arts is very good about learning about what to do when you get it wrong and accepting it. But it's also very good about paying attention. Like if a young kid mucks around, the instructor will ask them to sit out because it's not safe. I'll only bring them in if they decide to pay attention. And the best instructors are usually very good with kids. They make it fun too, as well as learning some stuff. And I'm thinking probably the big thing as a parent that I really realise because there's a big age difference between my two sons is this time around I have to use a lot more strategies about um, focus and attention than I had to use before with the eldest one. It's a lot more hard work. It's a lot more challenging. Could that be because you're an ancient parent this time around? No, it's, um, I, I really do notice the difference. I really do notice that you know I've you know, I've let that one go through the keeper part of the uh, sporting pun, but you notice the difference because with the eldest, I used to have this rule when we went camping. I said, I'll bring my phone just in case of emergencies, and we'll check the weather. But apart from that, you bring games, you bring cards, you bring a book. That's our entertainment. Yeah. We'll tell stories, and he had to find other ways to amuse himself. Geez, that sounds a bit weird. Other ways to be amused.
2: <laughs> and uh, I'm just thinking. And also like. Uh, other how... ways to attain self-gratification. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: So I mean, I just realised other ways to amuse himself. Yes, he was a teenager at one stage. Uh, now he's made me a grandfather. But, you know, just other skill sets because he enjoyed the, the fire, he enjoyed the storytelling. Then he Price. enjoyed cooking over the fire, you know. and That's then right, had to pay What did I do? You're a grandfather you're a multiple twice. grandparent. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm a grandparent twice. It's great territory.
0: I can hardly wait until he has a girl, so then you become a grandmother. <laughs>
1: Good. <laughs> oh, by the way, the last conversation he said, that's enough. <laughs> He's got two in close range. He said, I can't do it anymore. And I thought, mate, that's all right. That's all right. Get it over and done with while you're young.
2: <laughs> Princess, said, is Sid the only one of our friends that is actually a grandparent?
0: Of our close friends, yes, Eddie. There are some of our extended friends, some people we went to high school who are grandparents multiple times oh, over. Oh,
2: yes, yes. I've, but, I've got ex-girlfriends that are grandparents.
0: Yes, you do. Yeah, of our close friends that we keep in contact with, yes. But what I was going to say, in partially in defence of you, Sid, where you've got your juxtaposition of being a young parent and an old parent, I was mm. an old parent first time round. And I honestly think. You weren't that mega it old. Sorry?
1: What it you weren't is? mega old. It was considered geriatric, my pregnancy. Well, they. Really? The yeah, Undertaker yeah. wasn't taking measurements.
0: No, not quite. But I did. Whenever I had Wonderboy out in the pram, I used to get at least three comments a week about my grandson.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've was, had that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But what I was going to say is, I think. If I had been a younger parent, I would have found it easier because I would have had more confidence. Because when you're younger, you just, you you are bulletproof. You feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You feel that you can do anything. Where the older you get, you, you get, if not experience, but you Know of many many stories from friends and family about their life experiences. You know where things can go wrong. You know how things can go pear shaped, and I think it does chip away at your confidence. Leaving aside just, the older you get, the more set in your ways you get, and yeah, I
1: all
0: think that it's stuff a difference well. in
1: energy levels as you get older. But Absolutely. Probably the big difference of being a younger parent that I can remember is. Look, at times it used to be also a very lonely type thing and you would definitely feel it like if you had, um, you're the only one to have a child and then you get some of your mates who will be going out. as it's like, you know, you of course had to stay home, look after the young kid and that kind of thing. And just thinking, oh, I wish they'd have a bit of empathy. Like, I can't do that anymore. Or take him to Eddie and Mary Ann's and they used to do it. Uh, it did happen occasionally. But uh, you know that was probably one of the big things that I did notice is that you know you had to forego those type of things. So there was a the part of me that said, it'd be great to go out and there's part of me that just knew, you know you can't do it. It's simple life yeah, has changed.
2: It, it's a big having kids is not easy. I mean it's a big part of your life that, that changes. I, I, I always say to people like I've got a 19 year old and I haven't had a full night's sleep for 19 years- mm-hmm. it's just. It's the reality of being a parent. And, you know, if it's not, then you're not doing it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's Um, um, your life changes and it's never going to be the same. That's it. And you never stop
1: being a parent once you are. And the the focus changes where you may have been focused on yourself and then suddenly you become focused on your children. Oh, absolutely
2: your focus changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And you you were saying, Sid, about how... You know, you couldn't go out and you couldn't do this and that. You couldn't do it. You can't do it when your kids are little. You can't offload them to friends and relatives all the time. I mean, any yeah, and, say, me and Here, I'm going to go out. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah, you just can't do that. But that's a sacrifice you have to be prepared to make because you're a parent. I must say that bit does get easier when you get older and... God love him. Wonder Boy likes the same music I like. So Mm. he is rapidly approaching the age where we will be able to go and see bands together. I can hardly wait. In fact, I'm taking him to see an outside gig in September. It's going to be great.
1: So looking forward to it. Please. Uh, That way you've taught him very well. There's a lot of manufactured crap that's going around at the moment. Thank you. I used to blast him with the jam when he was in his car
0: seat in the car. (laughs)
2: Uh, my eldest yeah, boy I, probably... I get what you're saying about the um, the focus changing and everything, but I, I also find that now having kids and, and being a bit older, I'm actually thinking more about mortality. I remember being very young and being almost paranoid to think about one day dying, but now it's just it's just something that's going to happen and you just got to accept that it's going to happen eventually and you just don't worry about it as much. I think the big difference is
1: I want to feel like as a parent that my job's done. I don't want to go before it is has been done. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, exactly. that, that's the big thing. And you're yeah. probably questioning, like, when is it done? And I was thinking, you know, there's, there's usually a degree of independence they get when they get a job that's more career-based, when they're moved out of home when they're starting to settle down into a rock-solid relationship, you can actually sense how things are moving on, and I see that with my eldest son. And it's just like with my eldest son, sometimes I do say to myself, I do miss it when he was like a teenager and a little kid, but the dynamic is totally different now. Yeah, I'm very I'm such aware. a mature kid. Yeah. I'm very aware of time passing
0: on, and I've made it my own little policy to try and get all the summer school holidays off every year and spend as much time as I can with Wonderboy because I know the time will come when he won't want to spend time with me. And And it's also a
1: natural progression too.
0: It is a natural progression. And I just figured that I've got to spend as much time with him as I can before those days are gone. And I must say we we just love our summers together. They're so much fun.
2: Oh, yeah, it's always great when you, when you have the, all of them together and you, you just, the whole family unit is there and you just, yeah, they, they're, they're times you're going to cherish and then one day it's all going to change. You know? They're just going to go, ah, I've got other stuff to do.
0: Well, as my sister says, yeah. we're making memories and you don't have to do special stuff to make memories. It's, um, you know, over the summer it's usually we just go to the beach and then we'll go back to my sister's place and we might play cards or, just walk yeah. around the paddocks and talk to the horses or something, but we're doing it together or hang mm. out at the pool. And it's just wonderful spending time with Wonder Boy and with his cousin and just watching them be themselves and be goofballs or whatever they want to do on that day. It's just great. And it's a privilege to watch.
2: And yeah, then I cannot um, agree more that it's, it's just special. And you actually
1: can see their development happening at the same time. Yeah. I still remember seeing my oldest the first time when he was showing me a girlfriend he was really serious about. Mind you, they're still together now. (laughs) Mm. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I just knew it was something different and I thought, I asked him, how serious are you? How do you feel? I said, like, I, I really feel great about being around and with her. And I said, well, okay. We're going to meet at such and such. I'm going to shout the pizzas and we'll do it over a bit of a lunch. And I was just trying to make her feel as relaxed as possible. And I kept, you know, saying to him, look, I could see the connection. You know, it's, it's early days, but I could see where it's going to. And I think that's the main thing that he was really looking for is like my approval in a way. And I, I remember thinking, yeah, you've got to set up the most relaxed environment for her to be yourself. Obviously, talking from having a boy's point of view. and
0: Yeah, I'm not at the stage where I'm prepared to share Wonder Boy with some little girl yet.
1: Well, you however, wait that to be... choice is not mine. I was about to say, wait to become a grandparent. <laughs> Life changes. Oh, lordy lord. That's not something I can not still something remember I can my brother trying to have a cheeky dig at me about becoming a grandparent, and I just turned around and said, oh, I love it. I love the idea. You know, some of the phone calls that I have because he's based in the state are some of the most off-the-wall conversations with the oldest grandkid you can have because of their wild imagination. It's just absolutely crazy. It's so much good fun. But it's always like, you know, hi, granddad, how are you going kind of thing? And he want to show me this and he want to show me that. Then he'd be telling me stuff that would just be so weird but it'd be so brilliant to listen to. Uh, I think the one conversation I always remember is that my son came home he we'd been working some weird hours and he picked up macas for everybody and for my eldest grandson he picked up nuggets and so when I'm speaking to my eldest son, uh, the grandson was actually eating his burgers and he didn't actually realise until he got off the phone and uh, then the so we're on screen time. Turn the screen over, and that classic kid thing. You've been eating Dad's burger, you know, and he's got half the burger in his hand. He goes, "No," <laughs> and all the evidence is there. <laughs> We've seen half of
2: it. But uh, they learn very quickly. Oh, this him. is touching. You're, you're getting emotional. Oh, This is it's really great.
1: nice. It's it's great fun. Then the thing is, too yeah. The,
2: look. Uh, don't get us wrong. I mean, we want to be grandparents, but we have had active conversations with our children surrounding contraception. Yeah. And we've told them we are too young to be grandparents yet. Oh, I think so, uh, yeah, you, I always you can't think have of the situation. with me. Crotchety old people walking around with walking frames. But uh, you yeah. can't have kids young, having though. kids.
1: That's, that's my belief too. But grandparents yeah. used no, to actually, be. You're quite lucky to do it
2: at this age.
0: Yeah, you are. Grandparents were older when we were young. Like I had the privilege of knowing some great grandparents and they were people in advanced old age. And when I looked back as an adult at the photos and actually did the maths of how old they were at the time that I knew them, they were only in their mid to late 70s. Now my parents are in their late 70s, early 80s. And they mm. are not as old as my great grandparents were at the same
1: age, and ah, no doubt that's due to lifestyle, lifestyle and um, nutrition. They lived and all through that. the war. They lived through the depression. They lived um, through some of the rationing after that.
0: My great grandparents lived through both world wars and the depression. Mm. And my grandparents again, they weren't as old as their parents. They lived and they lived through the Second World War and the depression. Yeah, it, it's interesting, and each generation is aging a bit better. I would like to think.
1: I um, my grandmother.
2: Is it used the fact to... that they are uh, they they seem older, or is it the fact that we are actually old, but we don't think of ourselves as being old?
0: Well, that's another Both. <laughs> that's another part of it too. I think you know, like people oh, yeah. used to regularly accuse me. Uh, you know, uh, well, there was an accusation they would. Say that um, Wonder Boy was my grandchild just because I've got grey hair and I embraced it early, dear listener. And yeah, make I'm I'm a big fan of it. But just because I was going against a societal norm of dyeing my hair and being an older parent in the area I live in, the demographic is for a younger parent. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that point. I'll shut up now. You guys go.
1: But when you're looking at the different generations, this is something that I remember my grandmother always telling me, that um, her husband used to actually live in the veranda of where their parents were. And they were married at the time. They used to live in the veranda space. So in it was like very out. much shared, yeah shared living type of arrangement. Uh, and it was like how many people in the house all together? And I think it used to vary between like eight to ten people and, uh, you know, all various things. By my grandmother had to deal with also the stress too and understanding that uh, she lost, like, her husband um, during World War II and it actually took them eight years to find the body and I think that would have been very traumatic. And wow. uh, they actually identified him via the dog tags and then he could finally have, like, you know, a proper, like, resting place. But uh, we knew roughly what had happened because as weird as it may sound, He was the navigator of the plane, but they only had parachutes for the pilot, such was the rationing. So when the plane got hit, the pilot parachuted out of it, watched the rest of the plane go down in northern Germany. So when you hear things like, you know, some of those German industrial cities that were flattened, that's uh, my grandfather had something to do with that. Uh, But he was also hit there. And the pilot actually witnessed while being parachuted down but the plane crashed. And he went completely nuts after that. Like, I can imagine, like, the survivor's guilt, but there's a whole, like, generation of people who did not know how to deal with things, and I'm very sure it was, like, PTSD and all that kind of thing. And then um, she ended up remarrying with a bloke who served in the Pacific and also spent some time in Japan as well and I'm positive now that he had uh, PTSD he was such a very difficult person something that we don't understand so there's a lot of these stresses that people used to keep under wraps and these kind of things and live and put up with and I think you know different types of stresses going on that's probably what helped to age people as well
0: I think you're right that's yeah, definitely absolutely. in there
2: and in mm. that time period too, I mean, things were a lot different. I mean, you talk about being ten people in the house and hear stories about how, you know, the kids had to sleep three to a bed and top to tail and mm. um, just different time. And, you know, obviously money was not as plentiful and not everyone was working and it's not like today where you know, pretty much everybody works.
0: Yeah, my grandfather who grew up rurally down the coast... He and his sister used to, I used to take them on drives occasionally out where they used to live and they would tell me about how there used to be peanuts growing in this paddock and wheat would be growing in that paddock and corn in this paddock and blah, 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 and they used to sneak into this and steal this and sneak into that and steal that. And all that food that they used to pilfer, which all the local kids would have been doing, all contributed Mm -hmm. to the weekly food that the household had. And they were, there was 12 of them in that family, 12 kids, so it's a different way. They they had enough, they ate well, they had a good life, but it was a very different life and a much simpler life to what we have lived and even our parents have lived. And I was thinking about it today, one of my granddads would have been 109 today, and you know, just how different the world is from when he was born and even from when he died, the world's changed, moved on.
1: I think one of the biggest changes in society's structure for from an Australian point of view is the introduction of the social safety net. And I'm thinking prior to that, you may call it unemployment benefits or the dole, but prior to that, if you had no work, what did you have to rely on? It was the family. And then the family, there may be only one person who's earning it. So we've got a pay that's split maybe about like 12 ways or something like that. So your social, you know, safety net was your family, regardless of the economic situation. Now we've got be- this. And I think that was probably when you compare it to what happened before to what it is now. I think that that's actually made some changes. Forgetting about like how some people wrote it, but it's just it's good that that exists compared to what it used to be. To be
0: fair, Sid, a lot of the social benefits that are available today were introduced in the post-war period under the government of Ben Chifley. They've been changed and refined since then, but an awful lot were introduced mm. around that time, or there was a prototype before then, and that the Chifley government mm. refined it, and then it's been further refined as the generations have moved on. Yeah, you're I right. Can imagine
1: life before that comparatively well wow. to the wow. degree of desperation that would have been sometimes. Oh, absolutely. And uh, with it's desperation so becomes having no safety net. Yeah. Well, look with at inspiration America. Inspiration comes comes those who can be exploited easily. Do you know what I mean? Because they don't have any other choices. Yeah, look at America.
2: One of the themes that's running through tonight's discussion is one of resilience, and I think it's only fair that we um, give a plug to our, our friend who does a uh, another podcast called the Resilience Movement. I've just recently mm-hmm. been in contact with her again, Donna Molst. And, yes. um, she just put out a couple of new episodes, so yeah. If you guys get a chance to have a listen, listener, the Resilience Movement you can find on all of the podcast hosts. Uh, have a look at it. Resilience Movement by Donna Moles, great show. The it is a great show. On an episode there, I've done yes,
0: it yes. Um, I appeared on an episode of the Resilience Movement. We had a discussion about
1: menopause. You went to school to... with her,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's where. Yeah, I. I don't know at yeah, primary school. A long time actually. The princess and I went to primary school with her all the way through. Mm. From kindergarten.
0: Yeah, long time. Well, dear listener, that brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast with no name. We've covered a few topics, we've sort of rambled here and there a bit, but it's been a nice chance to have a chat with the boys, and I hope you've enjoyed coming along for the ride. If you would like to contact us, dear listener, you can do so at, at podno name on Facebook, or you can contact us. Sorry? Email. Yeah, no, I was just no the email g- address I had a blank right. seat, I couldn't remember it What's the email address?
1: Podnoname at gmail.com And Eddie, what's the
0: Patreon
2: Contact? If you want to find our Patreon page And donate some money to keep this podcast Rolling, you can find us at Patreon.com slash Podnoname Well, thank you very much boys and thank you for your time Tonight.
0: Eddie, I hope you Have a lovely time son's delicious food that he is cooking for you. Sid, I hope you have a fun school holidays with Sid Jr. And dear listener, until next time, take care, stay well. Bye-bye. Hey Sid, when you talk, your microphone's got a bit of a crackly thing happening.
2: Well, Sid being a grandparent, I mean, eventually you get that sort of crackly thing happening, don't you?
1: Well, I've got two on top, one underneath. Is that your preference with positions? Well, we were talking about exploitation before we had to come out and go back well, That's not exploitation, that's just preference. Well, that's just fun, isn't it? Listeners will do that experiment and tell you how it works.
2: Oh, dear. But I don't think the listener needs to hear about that.
1: No. Okay, shut up, Sid.